0: Oh, welcome to some talk about games i'm your co-host mango and i am your co-host buddy and today we're three days out from the launch of the snyder cut so we're going to talk about wandavision uh but before we do that buddy watch to the <laughs> folks at home what it is we do on this podcast
1: well on this podcast we talk about games but we also talk about nerd culture stuff um you know we obviously did a huge our gigantic mcu review at the end of last year and um because all of the movies went away the Disney Plus series are I guess going to have to you know like come to the come to the rescue um and so we're going to talk about WandaVision. WandaVision came out a couple of weeks ago and it is fully out as of right now. Those kind of the talk of the town for a while, right? Like every week people were tuning into WandaVision and then you know posting their theories on Twitter and everything else. Um so,
0: but I binged it. You binged it, right? Yes, I binged it as well. And I I think that actually, I've actually got a, a point about this. But um, just warning for the folks at home, we're gonna spoil Wandavision, all the big yeah. twists and turns that happen with it. Um, uh, Wandavision
1: bef- is definitely one of those shows that doesn't want you to be spoiled on it. I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. it cares a lot about spoilers. It seems compared yeah. to other shows.
0: Um, but before we go behind the spoiler wall, uh, you want to give like a, a quick spoiler free impression?
1: My spoiler-free impression is that WandaVision is more ambitious than it is good. It kind of lives in that, um, you know, like that Assassin's Creed section of my brain. I mean, Assassin's Creed was much worse than this. Um, but it is, um, like, I admire that it was really shooting for the stars, even if I think it fucked up along, along the way. Um, even though these are the, the types of series that I really do resonate with. Like, I like to see, like, interesting, neat shit. Um, I guess it feels to me like I won't want to go back and watch I Wandavision feels very one and done compared to something that's more evergreen that I could come back to over and over again. Um and uh so given all of that, you know, a a, a soft recommend, I guess, is where I end up on it.
0: Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be somewhere. I'm gonna say it's good, not great. Um and I'm gonna say that um and obviously I can't know this because I didn't watch it in time but I suspect it's better binged um uh and so I guess if you're here and you're considering watching it one episode a week at a time for like some reason don't do that um just watch it all at once or like you know don't there's no situation which you're gonna watch it one week at a time and like have to worry about like you know classify you know or you know doing fan theories in between but I, I I feel like that's Part of like I think that would have played negatively if I had watched it week over week, um. And I think that's yeah. So- I would have hated this. I think I think a lot
1: of you know to be honest, I think a lot of the show's problems are kind of derived from that construction. Right. Um But uh, I, well, you know we can talk
0: about that. Yeah. Listen, we, should, we should probably get behind the spoiler curtain at this point. So here's your warning: we're gonna spoil this the show. Um. Also, probably some several associated Marvel movies, maybe some Marvel comics etc. etc. So three, two, one, that's your warning. Alright. So um I think the big thing to talk about is is, is probably is probably like the the big twist. Like the, the big twist that like Agatha is behind everything. And that like and the I think the, the, the other part of that which is Pietro isn't actually Quicksilver from the ex- the yeah, everyone ex- was really
1: hype about this. The idea at the end of I think it was spoiled at, at episode three or episode four, you know, like the, or not spoiled, but like revealed, right? Um, and everyone was very hype about this on my Twitter at the time. I, I tried to keep myself like lightly spoiled, but there's no way I was going to stop getting spoiled for this thing. And everyone's theories were this is how they're going to do mutants in the MCU, right? Wanda will bring over the mutants with her reality warping powers. Um you know, quick the the, the Fox version of Quicksilver, who is Peter, um, an American, um, will be the canon version of Quicksilver, but like he's like he's like displaced from an alternate, you know, reality and that Fox mutant verse of X-Men movies is out there somewhere, right? Um and that that was what everyone's theory was that's that's what the that's what the big overarching like idea um for for all of this was going to be and that turned out to be a gigantic red herring. It's just Evan Peters fucking with you, you know like there there's no more significance to it
0: than that so so a couple couple of things just you know off the bat. One, I have heard that there's maybe still some hope, right'cause like um I think one of the agents mentioned or you know jim the, the Asian agent I, I forget the actor's name um or the character's name too he's the guy from ant-man is what i remember him as jimmy woo i think jimmy is his woo. Name. Randall, randall park is the actor right okay yeah jimmy woo uh because randall randall park was also in they came together which was uh you know I think we'll <laughs> yeah, um but it, he mentions that there's somebody in the witness protection program in the town and like maybe there's not like a good explanation as to why Pietro has super speed. Um, Cause he's just supposed to be like a normal dude. Um, and like Agatha maybe doesn't have the, like th- there's a bunch of ways they could explain it, but you know, for the people who, who want the hope to be alive, the hope's alive. But um, I think the more interesting thing is, is uh, assuming that it's not, was this a misstep, right? Was this just supposed to be like a fun Easter egg that everybody got hype on? And like, you know, this was a misstep by Disney being like, Oh, obviously they were going to think this Um, a, uh, a kind of contrarian take that I saw uh, from Max Landis, was that like um, a comparison to, uh, uh, like so in like the '90s, um, the WWE bought out a couple of smaller competitors, and like mm-hmm. the, the example he gives, they bought out the w, WCW, which had their own stars that were popular, and Vince McMahon proceeded to just job the hell out of their stars, like, um, like we're like Triple H beats. Uh, Booker T, who is the big WCW star, and a weird, like a weird, it, that whole situation is weird. If you if you're interested, go go watch his his video on it. Um, and like, you know, is it possible that like you know that they're jobbing on Fox for being like, for, you know, having having had the license now that they've they they've uh, acquired it? This is he just gonna be like, ha ha, you were stupid to like X Men from Fox, right? Like,
1: I mean, there there is historically very bad blood among. Among that, um, in the comics, they basically wrote the mutants out of the comics for fifteen years, be just because Fox owned the license and Marvel was so pissed
0: about it. Yeah, Marvel's. Um, so Capcom. to be
1: fair, the that was under Ike Perlmutter, not under Kevin Feige.
0: And uh, in parallel, Marvel's Capcom Infinite um, didn't have the X Men because it was like the the first big. Marvel vs. Capcom game, like under the MCU, which was a whole thing that mm-hmm. could Wolverine in particular was a fan favorite. Um, and they it was, it was from, from like the kind of the fighting game side, it was funny because, like, um, the, the guy, the, the person from the FGC that was doing community management for Capcom for that game was like, oh, there's somebody with the same function right in the game. It's it will be like he, he's not missing... everybody like made fun of him forever. And, I mean, obviously, he's doing like kind of the corporate thing where that he has to, right? But
1: yeah, 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 boy, do I feel that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, so, uh, so yeah. My, my thought is like my, my thought immediately was that that was just kind of like it was supposed to be an Easter egg. It was a misstep. No, whatever. The other the other part of this too is that like um, uh, is is this is the big thing where I think that I'm much less mad about this because I watched all at one go, right? Like instead of like theorizing for weeks about what it was, I just like saw within like an hour or two. Yeah, that
1: would have really pissed me off, I feel like, if I was the type of person who is theorizing for the intervening month and then at the end of episode seven they reveal, you know, that like, oh, it was just it was just like a fake out all along. I actually do think that there's a pretty okay chance that Evan Peters ends up in the MCU as Pietro, just because we know we're walking into multiverse territory, Doctor Strange 2 is gonna be multiverse stuff. Um The subtitle of Doctor Strange 2 is The Multiverse of Madness. Um, And we've already seen J. Jonah Jameson return uh, played by uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. Who is obviously like a very very well regarded. So I imagine Marvel will probably end up bringing in characters like that, right? Like the the best, the brightest, everyone's favorites, right? You know, we all love J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, and so he's going to hop over. But we're not canonizing Toby, you know, Toby McGuire, right? We're not canonizing Andrew Garfield, but maybe we're going to pull someone in from those movies, though. I don't know who because both those movies were garbage. Um, well, we're, we're so, getting, you know, uh, like... we're,
0: we're getting, we know that. Um... What's his name? Uh the 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 electric dude is reprising his role, right?
1: Oh shit, yeah, you're right. And technically Toby Maguire and and Andrew Garfield are showing up in the third Spider-Man movie because everyone is finding out they're being cast in the third Spider-Man movie at this point. Um I feel like at the you know like at the end of the day uh if Marvel wants to they can find plenty of these kinds of characters, right? You know, Ian McKellen as Magneto, or, like, you know, maybe they get Patrick Stewart as Professor X or something like that, right? Like, just for one, you know, like, one last go or something kind of along those yeah, lines, Hugh, right? Hugh like, Jackman, if you are...
0: right, like Like, like he's the big yeah. one, I think, like, you know, everybody loves Hugh Jackman. Um, and Ryan Reynolds, yeah, and Deadpool like, is definitely showing up at some point. I think we know that, right? Like...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like they will, they will keep the good stuff, get rid of the, you know, like, get rid of the detritus. Um so to speak and maybe you know Evan Peters as Quicksilver counts as good stuff I actually kind of like Evan Peters as Quicksilver just from the perspective of like first of all i kind of think Quicksilver's pretty boring he doesn't have like a lot going on and Evan Peters gave him a lot of like verve and personality and he kind of has that the right verve and personality for the MCU right like you could i could very easily see him just kind of step in as that you know like funny but not too funny you know right. smarty pants Which kind is like, of basically the character he was butter. playing
0: in wandavision right like he was he was playing yeah his mc or his uh his uh x-men character he wasn't playing i mean not that pietro had a lot of characterization but he was he was he was playing the x-men uh quicksilver not the uh not the mcu quicksilver
1: yeah but i don't think that this means that we're gonna get you know I don't remember the actress named Sansa Stark as Jean Grey or Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique or any any of the intervening, right. you know, types of any of the intervening like types of casting that went on. Like, you know, they're going to want to recast all that stuff and
0: that's fine. Are we going to get uh, uh, get Wesley Snipes as Blade? <laughs> um, that's, well, there is a Blade thing. It's Mahershala right, Ali, who has
1: weirdly already played a character in the MCU in the luke cage show but i guess we're just well, the, gonna the, let the that go. shows
0: i think are decanonized right I, I are you, they decanonized i bet you, you could pull like they could do the same thing right because they're like you know you, you could pull in the pieces you wanted and just like be like that's technically not part of this or whatever right like um like if you wanted to pull david Tennant in that's the right actor right for purple manor mm. yeah because like yeah that character was great right like um and he's dead. I and have a feeling that die.
1: that one of them might show up. I you know, honestly, I kind of liked all of the core characters except for Iron Man, really. So, like, if Charlie Cox showed up as Daredevil, like I thought Daredevil was bad, but if John Berg, who is Punisher, shows up in an MCU movie, that would not be weird to me. I feel, I feel like yeah. that would be
0: pretty sweet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like. There's a lot of stuff here, but but because... here's the, but this but this is kind of my thing though. This we
1: spent 15 minutes on this. This is the stuff that I think is ultimately superfluous, right? right? Doesn't it doesn't mean anything? It doesn't enhance the 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 actuality of the show, but the show is constructed around it, right? I mean, I, so I, kind I think... of my core philosophy with WandaVision is that it's a little bit it's structured a little bit backwards, right? It kind of it it takes for granted a lot of the things that it never justifies, and then it justifies them in the back half of the show which I felt was very off-putting and, like, weird, which is maybe just my weird interaction with the MCU in general, but it definitely, like, carried through to WandaVision. Though I am honestly very glad that they added this stuff because this is the the exact kind of thing that I was so mad about, you know, like, when we were doing our big MCU review, review and I was talking about how frustrated I was with Civil War and with the Infinity War saga, you know, pair of movies or whatever. You know, like, it felt like it had kind of lost its heart There's a, there's a lot of heart in this show, but but heart, the, all of the heart comes in episode eight, which is like, fuck, you know? uh,
0: I mean, I think, I think that you get Wanda's arc through the whole thing, right? Like you, like, I I think they do a good job of like giving Wanda emotional resonance because you know, something's up, right? Like,
1: Mm.
0: um, uh, I think, I think the whole Agatha reveal was just kind of, I don't want to call it bad because like, it makes sense to me. Um like it's kind of like a plot device if that makes sense. But like I don't think it was done well. Right? I, I maybe uh, this is boy. pitched up to the the Pietro thing. Um do you know anything about like Agatha as a character? Because I like read mm-hmm. read like the Marvel thing. It was like It's she interesting, was, she's like, not a villain. The Fantastic Fours nurse or something right it was like- yeah
1: well so so the thing with Aga- agatha okay so here's like a brief overview of the scarlet witch right the scarlet witch is a mutant and she has the mutant ability to alter probabilities right so she could make weirdly unprobable things happen like you go to shoot her and your gun jams right that's something that happens but she can manipulate the probability to make that happen right and then but the thing is is that she her mom is like a crazy is like a crazy powerful witch whose name I, I I don't remember, right? From from this magical mountain in Europe in the Swiss Alps in the MCU called Mount Wondegore, right? Magneto sleeps with the mom and Pietro and Wanda are like their offspring offspring. Um wanda then, like, goes back to Mount Wondagore and, like, trains in this, like, hex magic, chaos magic, or whatever. Um, and the person she trains with is Agatha Harkness, who is not a bad guy. She's just, like, she's not really a good guy, either. It's not like she's a superhero. She just knows all of this magic bullshit and teaches, and teaches Wanda. And that, as far as I understand it, that's, like, you know, that's where that character, you know, like, that's where that character comes from. Uh, though, to be fair, I'm not insanely well-versed in this stuff. Uh, this is just, like, you know, absorptions bypassing right. of different interactions of, you know, like the, the Marvel Cinematic, or the Marvel uh, Comics universe.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they do the classic thing that they do with the Marvel villains, which, you know, I mean, at least they didn't kill her, but they kind of like put her in the fridge effect, effectively. Oh, I really. fucking
1: hated that. I mean, the, I, I was actually very excited for a second because I thought, I was like, oh, for once, they're going to do, they're going to undercut it, right? Where it's going to be Vision versus Agatha and, like, Computer Vision versus Scarlet Witch? No. They just do the thing of two people with the exact same power set fight each other, which I fucking hate. Like, every Marvel movie, it feels like, has that, like, breakdown. Or like, not everyone, but I don't know. It's just, like, I find that very frustrating. You know, part of, part of the fun of a superhero fight is watching somebody with, you know, spider powers fight somebody with electric powers, right? right? Watching somebody with spider powers fight somebody with spider powers. spider a bad example. He's been good in the MCU about this, right? But, like, Iron Man, famously, right, goes up against one suit of armor guy and then another suit of armor guy in his very next movie. Right, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I I, I agree with you. I also think that, like, the whole vision, like, the, the whole vision thing was neat. I thought, like, having them, like, do, like, the, you know restore white vision to, like, vision status in the library was a little bit on the nose, but I thought it was neat. Um, I
1: really love the ship of Theseus thing.
0: That yeah. is very on point for
1: the Vision, you know, like, the idea that he would philosophize with himself to beat him rather than, you know, punch. Though I was, you know, they had a very satisfying sure. punch fest.
0: Yeah, but that, that, that entire sequence pre-undercuts the whole emotional resonance of Wanda and Vision and their kids, like, just, you know, disappearing, you know, after, after the reality collapses it around them. It's just like I don't know that that is kind of like the the whole time I'm sitting there being like, isn't she just gonna like go find White Vision and be like, needs to be like, I am the Vision, hooray, right? Like, yep. I feel yep. like they're gonna mm-hmm. have to like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, like you know, one is gonna be a fugitive and they're gonna have to like, you know, stretch that out unnecessarily as you know they figure out, you know, yeah. This is
1: another plot point that I was very tired by is like the evil Overlord sword is bad shield is bad like i don't know first of all sword in the comic like sword is clearly being shield but because they broke shield in the winter soldier they like can't put it back together again sort of thing but they want to have that force so they're using sword sword in the comics is not sentient weapon it's sentient worlds and it's about like the universe right like it is like the people on earth who monitor galactic politics essentially right um and so i was just like man like. I don't want to do like evil bad government organization. It just feels so tired at this
0: point. Yeah, I mean, especially like, um, you know. It, I love me an evil government, government organization plot, but like, you know, it's like okay, so we we replace shield with something that's just as bad, right? Like just like even quick you don't even get like a movie where like things are good, right? Like you just get like and the director's and they end it and I was I was actually kind of excited for them. I at
1: first I was like, honestly, fucking Hayward, Hayward? That the guy has a real point. Like, obviously, Wanda is doing something really fucked up here, and she and she admits that, like, later on or whatever. But they do the standard villain thing; they turn him into like a bad guy. And, that, and this is a meme on Twitter immediately after the final episode, which I didn't get at first, but now I get. It. It's like, what the fuck was Heywood arrested for? He was clearly doing the right thing. Like, they just want, but like, you projected bad things onto him because he was versus he was against Wanda and so he just kind of gets like dumped in the villain box which i just thought was lazy and kind of
0: i don't know unearned so, so this, i guess this, this so i thought the whole like outer conflict was so bad that for a while i thought it was like i thought it was going to be part of the plot like like that outer like that the the fbi show was going to be another show that wanda was creating right because like whoa because Fucking, they, like, send, like, a, you know, Thor girl, and she's like, I hacked the computer, like, like you do on a bad, you know, FBI show, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, like, and fucking, like, you know, Ram, uh, Rambo and Jimmy Woo just, like, punch out, like, the guards, like, 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 it's nothing, right? Like, they have guns. <laughs> and they, like,
1: and they, um, they get taken away in the handcuffs, but then they, like, beat up the guys and they immediately set up shop inside of the camp, yeah. and it's just, like... I don't know. I this I, I also I thought it was like going to be stuff. like
0: a, like a show, you know, like a, like another layer, right? Like I thought, like oh, that's going to be clever, and they're just like, no, it's just bad, right? Like- that, yeah, yeah, that probably
1: would have been clever. I kind of want, and I don't, I don't even mind if there is this like organization that has an antagonistic relationship with the heroes, right? Um, especially because you could do some really interesting stuff with that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So, for instance, for instance, first thing I thought was Hammer, which is in the comics. Norman Osborn becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he renames S.H.I.E.L.D. to Hammer, and then he basically, well, and he he is very antagonistic towards all of the superheroes, right? He drives all of the heroes underground, he, you know, um, is employing supervillains as government agents in order to, like, hunt heroes, and I was like, oh shit, we're going to do hammer. And that's fucking sweet. Right. Cause you can do thunderbolts. You can do dark Avengers. The thunderbolts are kind of the Marvel version of suicide squad where they get a bunch of villains and turn them into like a government secret black ops team. And then dark Avengers is when Norman Osborn takes the thunderbolts team and bumps them up to the Avengers. Right. So venom becomes Spider-Man and, um, it's actually really clever how they did this bullseye becomes hawkeye um and they do a bunch of these right where they like sub in you know wolverine's shitty villain son becomes wolverine right um and uh and i was so excited for that when the first like the first second that i realized there was this like organization but then you realize it's sword and they talk about whatever and i was just like okay, fine, I guess we're not going to do the cool version of this. Okay, we're going to do boring, regular-ass, normal bullshit. Um, but yeah, I just wish that it had ended in a, in a place that was better than like an 80s movie villain ending where like the bad guy ends up in handcuffs more or less because he's the bad guy, not because he committed any real crimes. Yeah. I think it would have been neat to have a mildly antagonistic force that's still, you know, ultimately doing doing its job and uh and like the heroes are sort of like working outside of the law or kind of like in you know in some tension in some conflict with it
0: yeah 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 so the i i think like the like the real reason is like um i think the reason he gets like i think that like the 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 real reason he gets arrested is like i think he basically lets Wanda to walk off with the vision or something right like like there there's that whole thing like like you know he he is personally responsible for Something I forget exactly. Well, so what
1: they is. do this thing where Jimmy Woo is like, "You're never gonna get away with this." I'm bringing in the FBI, and right. he's like, "Oh ho ho!" Well, Wanda is gonna erase the when once we kill Wanda, the other vision is gonna be erased, and then our vision is gonna be the only vision. And who's to say? But it's like, is it illegal to reanimate the vision? Like, what law says you cannot reanimate a robot? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, and uh, use maybe him like in Sokovia Accord Accords thing. or
0: something like
1: and use him in the specific purpose of killing a terrorist who's enslaving an entire town of people in, you know, the heartland of the United States.
0: I thought they, like, you know, they at least, like, mentioned it, but I thought they glossed over it a little bit too fast. It's like, they will always think I'm a monster. Well, you kind of are, right? Like, and that was the thing, too, is, like, Agatha gets, like, again, treated like a villain, but, like, you know, she's mostly right, right? Like, you know, like, you know, did this wrong, and you're being kind of an asshole about it, and like you know, and she's obviously like she's she thinks Wanda's wrong for the wrong reasons, maybe, right? Like which is like the whole the, the whole Salem flashback is, but like you know. This, this, I could see this spawning on, like, kind of, like, a, a thousand, like, you know, Haywood and Agatha did nothing wrong with Honestly,
1: means. what did Agatha do that is worse than what Wanda did? There is some real nightmare fuel in this show. Yeah. Right? Like, the woman who's, like, going through the motion of putting the laundry on the clothesline, and Vision is, like, looking at her, and she can't even look at him, but she's crying. I was like, fuck. Or, like, the part where they're all, like, coming to Wanda... 'Cause Agatha releases them from the mind control and she says, When I dream, I have your nightmares. I was like, Fuck! That's like really fucked up. Which by the way, is the the so the comics this is this is adapted from is um like, it's like uh, the, it's like the prelude to House of M, which is from the Avengers in like the end of the 90s, the beginning of the 2000s, right? Because what happened was in Avengers Disassembled, which was like a thing where, I don't know, something happened with the fucking Avengers and the Vision died. Wanda has a nervous breakdown and rewrites reality so that the Vision is alive again and her two children, and, and she apparates these two children out of kind of just her powers or whatever. And the Avengers are like, Wanda... That's wrong, and also very. This is fucked up, and also you're having a fucking like nervous breakdown, and then she rewrites reality again until she fucking dies in you know the aftermath of all of, of all of this stuff. Like so, she's like very clearly villainous from the story this is adapted from, and it is weird that they try and pull away from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the the, the thing that she does, I guess, is better than Agatha. It's like theoretically she's not doing it on purpose, right? Like she's just kind of like doing it instinctively. Right, or it's like Agatha, like, Agatha, like, mind fucks Ralph Boner, um, on purpose to achieve her ends, uh, which, you know, I guess you can make the yeah. argument there, but, like, consequences, In you a know. certain, in a, in a utilitarian argument, <laughs> Agatha yeah. is
1: better than Wanda, because she only does it to one guy, Wanda does it to the whole town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think there is also a question of how culpable Wanda is for this in a, in a real sense. Right. Um, like, it seems that the nervous breakdown she has... Inadvertently creates this, and that she didn't yeah, actually I mean. right. Like but she... like even, but even when she is confronted with like sort of the monstrosity of her actions, she go she goes to defend them, which I was just like, "Fuck,
0: yeah,
1: damn,
0: yeah." No, it's it's intense. Uh, yeah, so. This is this is a weird question, but you do you understand like what like are, are like which is like a thing in the Marvel universe and like what's their mm-hmm. interaction with like the source like because she mentions that like the 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 Scarlet Witch is supposed to be you know more powerful, more than powerful the Sorcer- than the Sorcerer, Sorcerer Supreme. Supreme, yeah.
1: So that's the thing. So one of the things that's interesting about that is this is all very fucky, right? But one of the neat pieces of Marvel like lore is that the Scarlet Witch is a very powerful magician, but she is powerful with chaos magic, which is like bad boy magic it's like black magic right um and uh, and there's a and there's a moment in the comics where Stephen strange like dr strange loses the mantle of the sorcerer supreme and there's a real question of who's going to get it next right and wanda is in the running for that um like maybe she is going to end up being the next sorcerer supreme which would be kind of weird because in a certain sense like the sorcerer supreme is like the um It's like the guardian of, like, order magic. This isn't quite true, but it's, like, functionally true, right? Like, the Sorcerer Supreme only uses good magic. For instance, the thing that got Doctor Strange banned, effectively, from um, being the Sorcerer Supreme is he uses chaos magic, like dark magic from the dark dimension, to turn himself into a being that is powerful enough to fight the Hulk in World War Hulk. Like, Hulk comes to Earth and he's big mad about stuff and he crushes Doctor Strange's hands and Doctor, so Doctor Strange can't, can't cast spells anymore, right? But he, uh, he, like, unleashes this thing that turns him into, actually, weirdly enough, the spirit that empowers ghost rider this is all so fucking crazy right and then he fights the hulk and hulk beats him uh and that's the moment where he loses access to being the sorcerer supreme is like it's like using that like black magic that like dark magic um that doesn't actually go anywhere or like come of anything like the guy the the real the real tension in that storyline is dr doom because dr doom is actually the second best wizard in like the the marvel cinematic or like the marvel comics universe he's um He's he's an incredibly powerful spellcaster at the same time as being, like, a tech genius with his armor and everything else like that. Um, and so he has a lot of interesting interactions with with Doctor Strange about that, but it ends up in in another guy, like Dr. Voodoo, I think is his name, who is, uh, is like, a voodoo caster guy or whatever. It, it doesn't really go anywhere. But anyway, um, I wonder if they're going to do anything with this in the MCU because I think that that would be neat, to be honest, uh, because it was always played up that, like – the chaos magic that scarlet witch is trained in is bad it is like dark magic and it is the kind of dark magic that the sorcerer supreme has like a responsibility to contain and control right like as we've seen with him you know kind of containing and controlling like loki for instance um but they never that clash has never really like kind of kind of come to the forefront so it would be neat if you know like in doctor strange 2 or something like that right like there's a legitimate tension there between him and between uh wanda
0: yeah i mean you know i can also see like the the thing that pops into my mind is like it's going to be like you know always bet on dumb which is like you know the prophecy says you know she's the scarlet you know the the scarlet which is more powerful than the sorcerer supreme and then Doctor green is like well then i will you know hand down the title of the sorcerer supreme or whatever and like he that's like oh my god Like, that's exactly the type of dumb thing that that happens, so. That
1: is exactly, like, the type of dumb thing that happens. I have to say, it was very nice that they called her the Scarlet Witch, and that she had, uh, I guess not quite classic version, but, like, a close to classic version of that Scarlet Witch with, like, the weird headdress thing yeah um and that you know like when when they do the halloween episode she's dressed as a uh she's dressed as a sokovian fortune teller right yeah and she's which, dressed
0: as a luchador right like which i, I yeah which tell that i was, was like
1: uh okay i guess i actually thought they were gonna do mount Wundagore stuff with that but they never mentioned mount Wundagore over the course of the whole over the course of the whole series which which i was just like okay wow i guess like, I guess not. I was also hoping that they would do a magneto thing, but they didn't do that either so
0: big I, I will I will say kind of on a technical level, I thought like the the whole like like the following different sitcoms through the ages i thought was really well done I thought it was really well done with kind of like the cinematography and like the aspect ratios and the coloring and all that i thought that was I thought that was fun It was really fun
1: I do think that was fun, but in a certain sense, I actually think that it is part of what holds WandaVision back like I think if if WandaVision had just been a more straightforward story about this without the sort of pretense of the of the sitcom it would lose something like it would lose this sort of ambition that I really like about it right uh but at the same time I think that that's kind of the the reason why the storytelling got so muddled and it got so obsessed with these like individual plot turns because you know it reminds me of Westworld um One of the things that I liked about Westworld originally was that it was very, you know, like, it it was a very cerebral show that had a lot of, like, interesting questions being, you know, asked about, like, what's the nature of humanity, right? And consciousness and all this other sort of stuff. And the first season of Westworld really got that. But in the second and third seasons of Westworld, it got so kind of um, obsessed with the individual plot turns week over week, right? Um that it kind of ruined itself because it was more interested in finding, b- b- like, b- like plot twists that make you could go, oh! than creating good drama or, like, real drama, right? And I think WandaVision is sort of in that same sort of sense, right? Like, we spend four episodes just wrapping our heads around the basic construction and premise of what's going on, right? Which is that Wanda has altered reality in this little bubble around the town of of westview new jersey right um and that isn't drama right like that's just premise if that makes sense the drama is right like if the drama comes into her relationship with vision right vision figuring stuff out and as as it progressed into that those points that was actually really great like maybe my favorite episode is the um Is the mockumentary episode where they're doing Modern Family or, like, The Office, um, where she's, like, talking to the camera. Um, And Vision is also, like, fighting against Wanda implicitly, but he's also participating in, like, the whatever, and he's talking to the camera, but he doesn't think it's, like, why am I doing this, right? Like, this is bullshit. In a certain sense, I almost sort of wish that they had never canonized this show. Like, the idea that they fucking pull out the broadcast and they're watching the show WandaVision in universe I think is sort of dumb and I wish that they had just kind of let it be more metaphor than an actual construct of the diegesis of of the show you know what I mean? Like, what if they just shot every episode of *WandaVision* with these inter with these different styles, and it gets more and more into the false reality of it, or whatever? But there's nothing about, you know, broadcast and like the sword stuff or whatever, right? It is purely about the construction of the show in and of itself, right? I feel like that probably would have been better, but this is mostly because I hate I hated that sword stuff. I would get rid of that in a second if I could. Yeah,
0: no, I, I think I think I agree with you, but I, like. The thing this is reminding me of, actually, is kind of like Bioshock Infinite's relationship to Bioshock One, um, oh, which sure. is kind of like like Infinite kind of got like wrapped up in it's kind of like weird tying the Bioshock universe together, which you know, like you know, it did that way too much for again, and then a series with two entries in it, right? Or you know, two two entries kind of in like across the multiverse, if that makes sense. I mean, do,
1: do you does do you mean because of
0: the DLC, like where you go back to Rapture? Well, that's. So like, the like the Bioshock Infinite very clearly is tied to Bioshock One, right? Like, there's the lighthouse. There's like the 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 bird is like the 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 big 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 daddies or whatever it is, right? Like, there are clearly parallels across across the two. And they get, no, sure. And in
1: universe, there's the Lutesses, who are the people on which Andrew Ryan creates right. his you so, know Rapture
0: stuff on. Right. So so just just kind of like you know. Bioshock 1 is very clearly, like, an allegory for, like, kind of like a post, post, uh, you know, uh, not Anthem, um, Fountainhead, kind of like, you know, what if Ayn Rand's city came to life, right? Like, that's clearly okay, what Bioshock yeah. 1 is. It doesn't have any of the multiverse stuff, because, you know, it's not part of the plot line. Bioshock 2, I think, starts to do some interesting stuff with that, right? Like Like, you know, kind of like, you know, the nationalist Zachary White or whatever his name is, right? Like... And like, you know, contrasting that against kind of like the workers' revolt, and then like like you get like a half second of like jumping into the ultimate reality where the workers' revolt succeeds, and like there's some bad stuff there too. And I think there's like opportunity for like an interesting storytelling there, right? But that all gets dropped to focus on the 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 time the time bullshit, right? Like the the kind of like converging timeline stuff, right? And I think like if they had picked the lane on either of them, right, you could have had a much better story. I think the same thing happens here, right? Like if you went all in on kind of uh sitcom stuff you could have gotten i think a much like it would have been hard to like make it compelling because like the 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 thing that's compelling about the mcu is is the uh is uh is is kind of the continuity stuff right like Mm -hmm. um, yeah i think the the only way it really works is if like like you're saying you pull back a little bit on kind of like the the showiness of it and like like make kind of the meta story work better um uh and so i guess go harder on that and like make the show a little bit like I mean, m- maybe I'm connecting the dots wrong, but like that's th- that's the thing that pops into my head, right? Is like I, I'm in a weird position of I want to defend Bioshock
1: Infinite, which I think is a bad game <laughs> with a bad story, but I do think Bioshock Infinite is is markedly different, right? Like at the end of the day, the stuff connecting Bioshock Infinite to Rapture is like on the fringes, right? You know, it is in logs and in journals, and you find out that you know, like there are connections where the the luteces are the forefathers right of what's going to end up in rapture and in and in you know uh andrew ryan's paradise in the diegesis of the of the story right like there's stuff that's non-diegetic about that right like obviously the handymans are reflections of the big daddies but they're not like in universe meant to be the same like the same thing they just kind of are supposed to function in the same gameplay way though they don't and it's bad but whatever Um Whereas WandaVision is very clearly kind of obsessed with this stuff in the, in the core drama, right. Which is part of why it is not just a, it's not just a plot twist that it's Pietro, but it's a plot twist that it's Evan Peters playing that, right. Like the plot, that twist is actually pretty minor. If you think about it inside of the, the story of the world itself, right? right. Like. We haven't actually set up how important Wanda's grief for her brother is by the time that it happens the important thing about that plot twist is the non-diegetic nature of evan peter's casting right it is not the it is not the in diegesis grief that wanda feels we only get the reveal of that grief in episode seven when it's revealed that actually wanda's grief for her brother is the thing that forges her connection with vision and like and like i said that's the thing that i want i want that so fucking bad that's the heart that has been missing out of these mcu stuff right but that's how but but it's backwards right we didn't get a version of things where we could see wanda and vision talking about her brother in a real kind of like emotional way right her brother is talked about even in the in in, the, in like the show it is talked about as kind of this like dangling mysterious plot thread right. with the twins or whatever so I, th- like that's the thing that i think is backwards about WandaVision, vision right it is kind of obfuscating the 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 really core drama um of the series behind all of this continuity bullshit which is like oh i hate that
0: <laughs> you yeah, know and, 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 like I, I think you're absolutely right and i, I think that's like i there's it's it's similar it, it's not exactly the same in, in infinite but like that's that's the thing right like there's potentially a story there about kind of like the floating city of columbia and like the oppression you know, of like you know a working class like minority underclass right that you can tell pretty that you can tell it's its own story right kind of like they like not that it's the same story, but it's, like, like the kind of, like... I'll call it, like, the A-plot versus the B-plot. Like, there's only an A-plot in Rapture, right? There's the story of Rapture. Um, whereas Infinite has the A-plot of the story of Columbia and the B-plot of the multiverse stuff, right? And the B-plot takes over too much and, like, hurts the A-plot, if that makes sense. And I think the same sort of thing is happening here. It's not... This, it doesn't have the same kind okay, of, like, meta-nature, yeah, meta yeah. right? Like, you know, it doesn't have, like, you know, the 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 infinite b plot isn't as kind of isn't as fourth wall breaking right as as you put, as as like we know yeah 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 like
1: in i would say that in infinite they're both diegetic right the, I, yeah,
0: I i yes, think i agree yes. with you between that tension of a plot and b plot they're they're
1: both diegetic in WandaVision, one of those is diegetic the other is non diegetic yeah, right or in, I, I think it's it mixed, is it is speculation yes. surrounding yeah. yeah yeah it's a mix but it's like that speculation surrounding of like oh what does this mean for the fucking mcu right. what's well, like i I like that stuff, and I find that stuff interesting, right? But I do not want a show that is what does this mean for the MCU, (laughs) right? Like, I want I want a show about compelling characters who have authentic relationships and sincere, you know, drama between themselves, right? And that is in WandaVision, but it's just like so buried under all of this kind of um, buried under all this kind of stuff. Though I do want to say I've been very harsh on this from a technical level. I very much agree with you in the sense of like I was. Almost impressed, and I almost just wish this was removed from the MCU. I would just love to see a sitcom where every episode forwards through the sort of – like, you could almost do this with, like, a community, right? Something with that kind of altered reality. Or, like, Parks and Rec, for instance, also kind of has this altered reality where it's, like – or, like, 30 Rock, where it is –
0: Where it's, like, kind of half winking at the camera without directly breaking the fourth wall.
1: Yeah, like the stuff that's happening on camera is like absurd, right? Like for, or like, you know, t- like, Tina Fey shows are all like this, right? Like in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, part of the part of the drama at the end of the first season is like a court case, and the people defending or the people who are prosecuting are the same people who prosecuted O.J. Simpson and so it's a parody of how inept they are as prosecutors, right? And like Obviously, that is not realistic. It's part of like a, a, a bit, but it's a bit like woven into sort of the fabric of the universe. This is a universe where, right, Marsha, whatever her name is, gets a job prosecuting another high-profile televised, you know, uh, uh, celebrity case. Or in Community, this is a universe where the whole school breaks down into post-apocalyptic mayhem at the mere whiff of a paintball fight. Right. Or, or when you know um, when
0: Jeff Winger looks at the camera and says we're doing a bottle episode right which is yeah exactly
1: th- exactly right like that kind of thing and maybe you could get away with that cuz i just think that that would be a great way yeah. like one of the things i really liked about the 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 construction of the WandaVerse episodes in the in those early episodes or the wandavision episodes in those early episodes was they very specifically keyed into like the not just like the tropes of a sitcom but the tropes of a sitcom of the era right where it is like, oh, I'm bringing my boss home for dinner, and you know, if he doesn't like the dinner, it's it, like that feels like an I Love Lucy episode, right? Right. Um. Whereas later down the line, right, mom is having a tough day and she just wants to stay at home and ignore all of the things going wrong around her. Mockumentary stuff, right? Like that. That is, uh, you know, like a different. That's just like an upgraded. Version of the same sort of like sitcom tropes, but it's the sitcom tropes of one era versus another. Right. Yeah. And, um.
0: But I, I, so. so like, like I liked kind of like the the stylings of that episode and the Malcolm in the Middle episode, but because the the B plot has to like go yep. at that point, right? It takes away from kind of like the mastery there, right? Because like the the first episode is the one that is like the most kind of purely just like a you know a, a, a Dick Van Dyke, I Love Lucy style sitcom, right? Like. And then it kind of has to leech away as the season goes on. So you actually like do the episodes, right? Like, yeah, um, absolutely. Which is kind of a shame. Maybe it would have been yeah. better if they like kind of like made it very small parts and like loaded it. Like, cause like the fifth episode, I think, is like a pure uh, a pure outside of the WandaVision show episode, right? Like, or third sort of the fourth one. It's like where they kind of like lay the stakes. The right? fourth one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause the, so it's, it's 50s, 60s, 70s. Then Monica gets ejected and then the fourth one is just all world building this is the worst episode in the show right because it's just it's just let me explain the premise of what's happening to you in excruciating detail which is just like ugh. um and then the f- and then the fifth episode is 80s six is 90s and then seven is the mockumentary and then it drops the the format
0: yeah um i was i was just wondering if like like I think I might agree with you that the I I didn't like the fourth episode super a lot, but like if we like sacrifice a couple of episodes just doing the meta plot, we let like the the sitcom episodes breathe, doesn't make it better. Uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, um, just like to, to to because that's the only character we I don't think we've we've really touched on is is, is Monica. Like, what was was like is. She like a recognizable superhero to you at this point because she like she gets powers by like going through the hexers.
1: She's had she like a fucking million names. I I don't know Monica Rambo that much. Um, she was Captain Marvel for a while. Um, but uh, I think she's gonna go photon just j- just because she's had like eight names. Uh, she's kind of one of those characters who like cycles through names this is this is a marvel thing that happens all the time it feels like where like you know you have these kind of like b-listy characters who pick up a variety of different you know names and aliases over time to be honest carol danvers is the version of that before she really settled in on captain you know like the true blue this is captain marvel marvel right um captain marvel
0: cycles through a bunch right like i like i one of the few comics i've read is is the infinity war and like they like there's a whole thing there isn't there that like
1: yeah, so first she's Ms. Marvel, then she's she goes through a bunch of them. Uh, binary, I think, is one. Uh, anyway, Photon is is what I think she's gonna end up with, specifically because Photon uh it gets name dropped for it was like her mom's call sign or whatever. Um, so, you know, I also think that that was probably that feels pretty aborted uh in terms of being a a storyline like they just didn't really quite get there uh i think the character is fine and i'm pretty interested in what they're gonna do especially because obviously really hated the first captain marvel and i thought it wasn't great but captain marvel 2 which seemed by the way to be setting up the fact that she is like angry and frustrated with carol danvers um for like leaving earth for 20 years um i think that's a pretty that's like that's like neat in a in a in a grand sense
0: i bet you carol gave her mom cancer somehow by accident (gasps) oh well that's drams maybe yeah maybe or at least like that's what she believes right like that like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean honestly
1: even if it's not even if it's not that like melodramatic even if it's just my mom was your best friend and you couldn't come back you know, for her fucking funeral, right? Like, I I would understand her being mad and pissed about that. So, you know, you know like, the, that kind of stuff I thought was okay and fine. But inside of the, like, the function of the show, I especially don't like that this is sort of the source of her powers because, I don't know, it's weird. Like, obviously, Wanda warping... uh reality is uh a pretty easy way to give somebody like superpowers or whatever but it just doesn't explain what she does or can do in a way that yeah. i find satisfactory so yeah, I,
0: I, I think part of the problem we're going to have with these shows in general is there's going to be a lot of unanswered like they're going to use it as an excuse to put in like seeds that don't need to be answered and will be answered by the larger universe right like they're kind of like the moments in the MCU as a unit, rather than like things to be resolved by the sh- by the individual shows, which yep. I think work better in movies because there's kind of like a more open ended expectation of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, like it feels weird to not have these plot points wrapped up by the show. But like, if I thought of *WandaVision* as like a very long movie, like maybe it makes more sense to me. Um Yeah, but- and I also,
1: you know, like. They did this in the CW shows that I loved like Arrow and The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow but because all of those were were TV shows spinning out into TV shows it felt more and 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 they were all very straightforward TV shows right like these are all melodramas like superhero melodramas right that are um, that are like spinning out into one another, and so you maybe have the version where it's like, oh, well, in Arrow, this is Oliver Queen hunting down the people that he feels are like responsible for his father's death or whatever. Um, and then he, he encounters Barry Allen, and then Barry Allen gets you know struck by lightning, and then he spins off into his own TV show where he's Barry Allen, CSI, you know, forensic investigator, who is also the Flash you know, doing doing cool Flash stuff. Like, there's something very, like, normal and straightforward about that, right? Like, you – because the shows are very straightforward and earnest, Um, the expectations aligned with them are also pretty straightforward and earnest. Like, everybody – the moment that he met Barry Allen, we all knew that we were spinning out into a Flash series, right? And that the series was going to be a CW, you know, teen drama-ish – just like Smallville was that kind of birthed all of this stuff, right? Um, and those expectations are very, are very like, straightforward. But it's like, what do you do with, is Monica Rambo going to show up in season two of WandaVision? Well, there- is she going to spin out into Captain Marvel and now she's a, purely a movie property? Is she going to show up like Nick Fury and everything? Because probably she's going to run SWORD from now on. Like,
0: what the fuck? So, I, I think, so, I think it's the series, It said series finale at the end of, you know, and I think that these are supposed to only be one season long, which I think let's. Ooh, you me think appre-
1: they're gonna be one and
0: done? Yeah, I, th- I think it makes me it lets me appreciate them more. At least, at least this one, right? Like Wandavision in particular, yeah. um, because like the premise for Loki seems like it could be like a long running thing, right? Um, because he's, uh, it looks like he's far far off in left field, but you know who knows, right? Like we'll, we'll probably find out on the other side, like you know that he's like he'll he'll probably be pulled in at some point again because you know Tom Hiddleston. Um, yeah, so there's WandaVision, there's Falcon Winter Soldier, which I think starts
1: with me, this by week. By the way, mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited to see the reaction to Falcon's Winter Soldier because everything I understand about that is that that show is just what it says on the tin. It is just a spy, is a political thriller spy show like Alias or something like Homeland, right? Um, about the like the 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 Captain America mythos with like Baron Zemo and fucking, you know, uh, U.S. agent and stuff like that, which is, which is very cool. I think there's a lot of mythos to mine there and you can really go of like, go deep on that, but it's like, obviously so, so different from what we have here in WandaVision, which it seems like it has all these far reaching implications. Um, you know, it has the sitcom styling or whatever. Like, WandaVision division was like trying to do a lot, which is part of what I, which is what I like about it, right? Yeah, um, but it ultimately, yeah, is that it, it had that ambition, but it ultimately kind of like flubbed uh, on on the execution because of how it structures its drama and where it cares about its characters. And I wonder if like Falcon and Winter Soldier, which looks to be much more straightforward, is going to kind of hit people in that same way, or they're going to be like disappointed because you know it's just much more interested in the individual dealings of um, you know like these two characters unraveling whatever spy conspiracy theory is going to be there in their you know 24-esque plot
0: who knows yeah. I, I, the thing I'm worried most about was like the, the, the teaser like did not give me confidence when it's like a sorcerer just a wizard without a hat and just like th- that, that like hit me like so Like like this is like the worst of the Marvel humor type of stuff right like what if we had bad Marvel humor but with like a mediocre TV series level of writing instead of like, you know, a high production movie level of writing is like my, my immediate kind of reaction to that, which. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that really frustrates me, like, honestly, I mean, I I
1: mentioned these CW shows. The thing that I love about those CW shows is they are just so authentic because like at the end of the day, superhero swords are very like pulpy and very um, melodramatic. And it is about the pulp and the melodrama. Like, the, at the core that makes superhero stories like really compelling in comics form, right? And the Marvel movies really don't do that, right? Like they do, I guess they do like drama, right? Um, on that, on this kind of like epic scale, but I actually think they have more in common with say the drama of like Lord of the Rings, right? Um, or even the drama of like Man of Steel, which is another movie I love, right? But at the end of the day, the thing that makes like the superhero genre tick is the is the the moment to moment kind of episodic tension of you know is peter parker going to be able to stop vulture from robbing the bank and get back to his high school trigonometry final in time you know what i mean like that's the stuff that's at the core of this and it just feels like you can't do that in 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 these in these mcu shows um so maybe they'll make it work in uh in the Falcon Winter Soldier. The, it it works all the time in the CW shows. Um but I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see.
0: Guess we'll see. Uh,
1: yeah. One one more thing I do want to say is that uh Paul Bettany is really great, good as the Vision. I'm unsurprised they brought him back and i want to see him more, I think. Of I, I imagine he's just willing to fill any paycheck just because like You know, it's funny because he got cast as the voice of Jarvis just for being like having that posh British accent. And then he becomes the vision and then, you know, like kind of ends up as sort of like a mainstay of the Avengers. But I just don't get the feeling that he has like a lot of other work and he'll probably take anything that he can get. Whereas you can, you know, you can tell with other um, Marvel uh, heroes that they are you like that they're like looking for other stuff right like chris evans pretty clearly wanted to get out of the cap like this guy is movie star potential he does not want to be stuck doing marvel movies for the rest of his life so he exited pretty gracefully same thing with like robert downey jr um or even guys like benedict cumberbatch right like benedict cumberbatch probably does not want to spend the rest of his life playing fucking dr strange i feel like paul bettany would spend the rest of his life playing the (laughs) Vision. like he seems to have a great time and he's really good at it
0: it was it was super weird like seeing him without the vision get up like i'm like this i I do not understand who this person is he does not have a bald head and like metal plates for ears like this this is uh, who is the
1: funny thing about that so i remember in um so do you remember x-men uh first class
0: Uh, i don't know if i actually ever saw first class
1: yeah so in x-men first class jennifer lawrence plays mystique um and uh you know mystique obviously has like the full blue body paint in you know in in those movies or whatever um and the, the end of that movie, and that movie came out like 2010, maybe 2009, right? And the end of that movie, Mystique basically signs up with Magneto and is like, I am not going to hide myself. I shouldn't have to hide myself. I'm not going to change my appearance to fit in, right? Like with these, you know, the real with Raven. these humans, I am going to be Raven. I'm going to be Mystique. I'm going to have the blue, you know, I'm going to be like blue all the time. Then... She does Hunger Games, becomes the biggest, you know, female action star of the early 2010s or whatever. And then immediately in the very next movie, she's like, I'm not turning fucking blue. You guys cannot get me in that makeup chair to turn blue all the time. Fuck this. Raven is just gonna walk around and look like me. Jennifer Lawrence. I'm famous. <laughs> yeah, I can I can exercise control over this like contract or whatever. And then in, in universe, she has like completely abandoned this philosophy or whatever else. And I feel I feel like that's probably Paul Bettany, right? Like you know it's it's one thing to do to do the, like that makeup a little bit for a movie, you know, when you're not a major character, you're not in every scene. You show up a couple of scenes, right? Maybe it's like two or three weeks of hell on earth or whatever. <laughs> but if you want me to do a whole fucking TV series, like, I'm going to just have to be Paul Bettany sometimes. So you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm,
0: I mean, my guess is it's, it, it's probably not coming from him. It's probably coming It's like, you know, we really want to, like, spend the money to put him in the full Vision costume, like, every episode. You know, no. We I do mean, that one thing one I will day, say is I was, su-
1: I was surprised at the production value of these. Like, one of the things that is also funny about these CW shows is their TV shows, the TV show, like, VFX budgets. So, like, the CGI isn't that great. Um, or like the shots are very like minor and they're like hitting, you know, like they're hiding stuff, right? Like, you know, um, Gorilla Grodd, for instance, is like CGI or whatever, but like a lot of the scenes with Gorilla Grodd, he's like off screen or it's just like his hairy gorilla shoulder or whatever. <laughs> Cause you know, they don't want to do the, they don't want to like CGI him into, into every single scene. Um, whereas in this man, like they were kind of going for broke. Like this was like, you know, Marvel movie level,
0: uh, VFX uh in action so hey we budgeted for 18 episodes of game of thrones and we're still pulling off that budget so you can have some of it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god (sighs) (laughs) anyway so i don't know i guess that's my that's my thoughts on i that's my thoughts on wandavision i you know one thing i said earlier um i tweeted i was like all the wandavision theories Make me not want to watch WandaVision, which ended up being true. All of those theories were the most frustrating piece of WandaVision. Like every time WandaVision was going into stuff that people could theorize about on Twitter and like make these predictions for, I think that was the worst part of the show, which is maybe depressing because it's also the show, the part of the show that made it most like engaging in a social media sense, right? Like this yeah, is why everybody so was coming to the water cooler. The, the
0: show is clearly designed to pin up that response. And, like, yeah. I guess the end game was, like, you know, and, you know, undercut them and make it that something that no one would ever guess, right? Like, because it's, like, not a direct line to the comics or whatever. Um, yeah. But my hope is and, – and I said, you know, like, all the theories
1: make me not want to watch WandaVision. And maybe if we didn't do this episode, I wouldn't have watched WandaVision. Um, but – after coming out of it, I am definitely going to watch Fal- Falcon Winter Soldier specifically because it looks so different from that. And my hope is that it will be more, you know, it will be like kind of more in line with, I don't know, I don't, it's just more basic, straightforward storytelling that I'm that I'm that are, I'm
0: looking for. Are you going to watch it week to week, or are you going to do a binge at the end?
1: Probably do a binge at the end. I mean, maybe I will watch it week to week. Who knows? It comes out the day after the Snyder Cut does, so. Yeah, I might yeah, be I mean, otherwise you'll, you'll only
0: be through like six series by then, right? So yeah, yeah, just... yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at least six it, it, it's my videos. whole – it's
1: made for me.
0: Do you know that kind – of, I keep
1: referencing this
0: with – Oh, yeah, yeah, the, 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 that... the manga. Yeah, of like the – Yeah, the manga. The the manga. Yeah. I'll link that in the description for people. Uh, you know, warning <laughs> there, it's fucking, you know, horrifying. But like – No, you
1: know. it, is, it, is, it's, it is a horror
0: comic, but it is how I feel about like Sny- the Snyder Cut
1: stuff. Every time they release stuff – I look at it and I go, oh my God, this is like really cool and interesting. I'm so excited. And then everybody else is like clowning on it on Twitter. I say that's not true. It's not just me, it's also Snyder Cut people. Like, I, I'm at a weird intersection where I follow a lot of Snyder Cut accounts who fawn over this stuff. And then also a lot of like, You know, like the, sort of like the Patrick H. Willems, like, film school crowd that clowns on Zack Snyder all the time. So I'm simultaneously seeing, and it's funny, you see people who are like, lol, Steppenwolf is just like the edgiest edge boy made of edges. And then you see people who are like, Steppenwolf is so fucking cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I'm back just, to back. I'm just anyway, I'm in the
0: camp of... You know, it's like, you know, review. the <laughs> Like, the Snyder Cut is just as self-indulgent as everybody imagined it would be. And all the Snyder Cut fans were like, yes. Right? Like, you know, like, the, the bearded... is <laughs> like, this is what we wanted. <laughs> it
1: is! It is exactly what I want! You know, like, there, in the final trailer... There's a shot of Darkseid like swinging his axe or his hammer or whatever, and he demolishes an entire, you know, like he demolishes an entire planet before clowning on that on Twitter. And I was like, "This is cool, actually, honestly." The Joker thing, the Joker thing, is the thing that I was that that was also this, right? Like Snyder Cut people think that the, you know, he says we live in a society. Snyder Cut people think this is like this is conscious, right? That we know that this is a meme and we're doing the meme, right? And that's what makes it like funny and cool or whatever. Whereas like anti-Snyder Cup people are like, oh my fucking God, he doesn't realize that he's doing the parody of the thing. What an idiot.
0: You know, like I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't think it's I, I I put a little bit like I think the anti-Snyder Cup people are like, he thinks he can pull it off and he's going to miss that fucking landing, like. By a hundred feet, right? Like, there's no. Uh, yeah, can...
1: I mean, I, 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 at this point, I'm convinced you are either a convert or you're not. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm... I don't think anybody is going to sit down and watch the Snyder Cut and be like, "Oh my god, I get it." You know, like
0: maybe they will, but I'm, I'm excited. Like your enthusiasm for it has made me excited to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. So you're. Yeah.
1: That's true. I mean, honestly, one of the funny things about the Wow Guild is that um when. Batman vs Superman first came out like everybody was like clowning on it or whatever and I was like the lone defender but now when we talk about Batman versus Superman it is everyone saying it's good ganging up on the people who hate it because I because I've you know uh we've we've like I found I found my people right like Faelanor for instance um you know really likes the really likes BVS or there 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 was one night where uh, Shiz Suro, friend of the cast, soro was um, was getting really frustrated because he was trying to do the thing that is like popular to do on Twitter by clowning on Zack Snyder, and everyone in the chat was like, "No, that's good. This is a good movie. This is fun." You know? <laughs> like you guys are supposed to. It's like it's like it's like it's like making fun of the Transformers movie, and then having everybody in the voice chat be like, "I like Michael Bay." <laughs> except nobody does so i guess that that's a rare that's a rare thing in comparison <sighs> anyway how was your week
0: my week was fine um what did i do this week played some wow played some D. you know all the good stuff so this is i don't think we can get a full episode out of this but have, have you ever played with like crit cards played D. yeah um, mm-hmm. we, but, so I we,
1: went in In front of the cast Mark uh, So in the game that we played in college for two and a half years Where I played Combe We had crit cards Where you had like a, the crit deck yeah, And every yeah. time you crit you got that kind of special, special effect Why? Uh,
0: so we, we played with um, critical hit cards and critical fumble cards um, mm. And uh, So far like so, There's, there's some many things that we're, I'm playing through Age of Ashes which is the first AP And it is widely considered to be overtuned Um And I wasn't a super big fan of them. Um, Just from kind of like... uh, I mean, it's also like the PF2E system. A little bit different. But like, there's like some stuff that like comes through. is like critical fumbles are weird. Or like, you know, add a level of kind of like punishment for choosing to attack that you don't get otherwise. And I'm not so sure I'm a fan. Like, I just don't think the game works as well with it. Um, And like, I think maybe this is specific to the PF2E implementation of the crit deck. The critical hit deck. But like, when... They when you get like there's a lot of effects that are like until healed, which requires like a medicine check to heal, and like you get this weird kind of unbalanced effect where like you know if you think of the like you know as like the two teams right like the GM and you know and the campaign versus the PCs right the PCs if they get crit have to carry forward the consequences of getting crit for things that need to be healed off right whereas mm. the enemies die and so they don't have to carry forward those consequences and it. it, it it, feel, it felt painful, and again, I've played one game with them, or you know, one session with them. So, you know, maybe I'll I'll warm to it over time. But liked crit cards
1: in the early levels, and I disliked them at the higher levels. Basically, um, so the, when we were playing, maybe maybe the best game of D and D, like the best individual session of D and I've ever played in, was this factory, which was like a. 18-hour marathon session while we were in college right um where we just started playing we just kept playing and we just like kept playing kind of thing which was this um it was this like ruined abandoned factory or whatever we were like level two and there was just like something about like the atmosphere to just like all of it that really came together um and one of the things about that that was interesting was the crit cards right like we got crit and we because we were sort of doing this dungeon crawl over the course of 10 encounters right um sometimes repeat encounters right like where we were um where we were going 1v1 with a like with a thing that was chasing us and it would chase us multiple times or whatever. Um that felt really good and really interesting from like a crit perspective cuz like I got crit and I broke my arm and I had to you know change how I was doing that and that felt like good and dynamic. But as we got into the later sorts of levels first the crit cards didn't scale in the way that I that like I wanted them to. Um like at a certain point if I break my enemy's arm and he only has the p- minus 4 to strength or whatever it is, right? Um I'm just rather the double damage. I just want double damage in that instance. Because at that point, the numbers have scaled to double damage is gonna be way more worth it to me than minus four strength on him, right? Um, and the and his attack modifier is just not really all that imp impacted by a 20% decrease in in like a in chance to hit, if that makes sense. Because like once you got into very high this was Pathfinder 1e, right? But yeah. once in the math, you got into very high end play. The hits became more about guarantees than about misses. Right. And it became about like, well, am I doing full attacks or am I doing single attacks that are always going to hit, or am I trying to connect on my follow up attacks in a full attack? Right. All of, like, all of that kind of thing. Um, and I think we actually did to Mark's credit, we just did abandon the crit system once it got to that kind of point where it was no longer satisfying. And we just started doing double damage stuff. I don't quite remember this was 10 years ago at this point. Um, but that was my that was my philosophy about about crit decks. I th- I generally think it doesn't really work that well for d twenty. Um, like I maybe wouldn't maybe outside of the first five levels I wouldn't use it in any in any d twenty system just because of the way that numbers scale.
0: Yeah, and the way we're doing it is it's not on any crit. It's only on like natural twenties. Um, as like you know, Pathfinder's ten up. Okay. Is crit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's honestly probably better
0: also the, the guess, math yeah. is tighter right like i think that minus four would, would carry forward um and like there's like i think the cards are interesting but like for instance i got hit with an attack that uh like i got hit in the head with a hammer or something and so i'm stupefied too which means i have like a flat um like 35 chance to fail any spell i want to cast i'm the main healer of the party and like that's not a, like in combat i think that's like a super you know, interesting thing, right? Like, it kind of forces me to like, like I, I'm playing like a melee cleric, right? So, it forces me to kind of like stick with the melee stuff for a while, um, rather than like, you know, uh, rather than like kind of lean on the caster part of my character. Um, sure, but like in between, in between combat, like we need to take the time to make sure that you know those effects all get healed off, and at that point, it just kind of becomes work, um, and like you know is is you know, burning time and how. Yeah, much see, I what,
1: what I think I would rather. Um, and what what made it work so well in that one session is that, like we had to carry it forward because we didn't have that like heal to max effect for it. Right. It was just your arm is broken and it will be broken until you can get it you know healed with a with a more major sort of like fixed in that, and I think that that's what makes crits interesting, right like carrying them forward in in more sorts of like if it's yep. only inside of the encounter, then it's probably pretty boring so i
0: i i think I think I disagree only in that like inside of the encounter like I think works for the it's just like a thing that's like harder to account for right I think ultimately it feels bad to like and we're at like mid levels right we're like at level eight so like it feels bad to like basically get like sidetracked by a by a single bad role right like I think I think like it feels less bad when you're at lower levels also maybe this is just the case of like if we'd been playing with it from the beginning I'd I'd have acclimated to it but, like, mm. we, it was just, like, a, a thing that the GM thought he'd try that would be neat and different. And, you know, um, I, th- you know I, th- I, thought, I thought, like, you know, I don't follow him for trying. I just, you know, I, I, so, some of it just kind of, like, felt like it was, like, not being, like, and, you know, maybe if we didn't have the opportunity to, to kind of, like, we couldn't take the 20 minutes in between each encounter to heal them off. type of deal. Um, Twenty minutes Not 20 minutes of real time, 20 minutes of, you know, kind of in-universe time. It's, like, 10 mm. minutes for a heal check type of stuff it's uh, uh tough to i think kind of like tugs on kind of a string of like how much does like random chance suck right like uh, yeah yeah for sure about it maybe um but yeah how about your week how was your week
1: uh i was very frustrated for the first half of the week because i was trying really hard to bump up into kind of the next echelon of dungeons for for my my quest uh, the, the quest for keystone master right um and at the beginning of the week i was at 14s timed on everything a couple of 15s untimed and um and a couple of 13s like halls of atonement sanguine depths were still at 13 and so, so just for I folks pulled, at home
0: what do you need to get to get the
1: keystone so keystone master is everything 15 at timed right do it at keystone level 15 time it, right? Once I have all of those, that's Keystone Master. It is, it rewards the mount, which is the big thing, but it also unlocks the, the highest level of gear upgrades with Valor Points. Um, so I could upgrade all of my gear to 220, you know, like with, with Keystone Master, hypothetically speaking. Um, and the thing that really sucked is, so like I had my normal Mythics team, and with my normal Mythics team, we pulled out four 14s. We'd done a 15 in the week before, um, so we all pulled out 14s in our chest. Two of those 14s were Sanguine Depths two of those 14s were the other side one of them was necrotic wake um, and because of the way that like yeah the, ap- the affixes work this week um, the affixes are tyrannical that like those are those are like really dangerous sorts of those are, like really dangerous sorts of dungeons one of the neat things about mythics is that fortified weeks t- I, I technically speaking i think it's easier to time tyrannical dungeons than it is to time fortified dungeons right um fortified says that all of the trash in the dungeon has 20% extra health 15% extra health tyrannical says all of the bosses in the dungeon have like 30% extra health right you but my, my thing is most of the time you spend fighting trash right so on a fortified week you are actually spending more time churning through the 15 percent hp than you spend in a tyrannical week churning through the 30 percent hp on the boss for instance right but the thing is is that the wipe points in most dungeons are on bosses like some most most centers will have like one or two problematic areas where like you are in danger of wiping on trash but for the most part it is a it is a test of like how quickly can you get through like blitz through this trash or whatever else right like you're not really all that in danger of wiping trash if you're like doing kind of like strong contained pulls so ironically it's easier to get good times on a tyrannical week in the sense of everybody doing everything correctly but it is also much easier to wipe so the success rate tends to be lower even though it paradoxically seems easier by the timer because like it's pretty easy to wipe on certain sorts of boss mechanics um the other side and sanguine depths are famously much tougher on tyrannical than they are on um than they are on fortified yeah so getting four of our five keys all at that all on those two dungeons which are the hardest two dungeons probably in the game compared to stuff that like we just eat for breakfast right like Mister satyrna scythe is famously really easy i actually don't think halls of atonement is that easy people say it is but um i think the timer is very tight on that one um and that it is pretty easy to whiff the timer just because you don't have a lot of leeway um compared to something like necrotic wake plague fall like these are dungeons where you can full wipe in the dungeon and still time the key um just because there's, there's like, a little bit of give there. If you full wipe in Halls of Atonement, you whiff the key. It's just too tight for, for that kind of... Like, it doesn't give you that sort of room. A um, uh,
0: death, like, adds, like, a minute, right? So a death adds 25
1: seconds. Five people die, Or a, a death adds five seconds, right? So okay. a full wipe adds 25 seconds. But it also obviously adds, like the the mobs reset you have to respawn you run back in right like that kills that kills plenty of time
0: the point being that like if that five seconds is constant on a in a shorter dungeon right like you're gonna you're gonna naturally have less wiggle room right oh oh
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely right um and uh and so like halls of atonement is one uh, the other side is also sort of like this um but so we're just like not procking any of the kinds of keys right like theater of pain i own theater of pain like that is like First of all, it's my favorite dungeon. Second of all, it's just like a dungeon I know insanely well, and I'm like really good at it. Um, and, uh, and it's like all any any plus fifteen theater of pain instantly, right? Like that's a that's a very timable key for our group if we can just get it to drop, kind of thing. Um, anyway, so I spent a lot of the week just farming. I just spent a lot of the week farming valor, um, where you're just doing very low end keys because all so all of the dungeons give the same amount of valor, right? So a plus two gives the same amount as a plus fifteen, um, which is technically so people do valor farms where they just do twos over and over and over again you just completely blitz through them right like it's honestly pretty funny how fun it is to go through like these dungeons that are really giving you hell but you do them on lower keys and you're just like absolutely destroying everything because so one of the other interesting things about is about about these dungeons is um they scale up logarithmically not linearly because the thing that scales is dps which is a rate rather than like raw damage in in sort of total, right? So it's not like linear. Each each step in the stone gives you plus fifteen percent right health and damage on all of the mobs. It's for the first couple of rungs, maybe it's only you know, I think it's like seven, right? But by the time that you're going from a 14 to a 15, that's like a 32% increase. I think a 14 is plus is plus 140% damage in health. A 15 is plus 172. I think. I could be wrong about that. Um so a 15, it just, like, is so much ahead of anything on that low end of the spectrum that you just, like, completely blaze through them. Uh, but then in the later end of the week, uh, I did end up accomplishing some goals, right? Um, I was pugging a bunch. Uh, I did up pugging the friend of the cast, Lindley, and we got 14s on both Sanguine Depths and Halls of Atonement, which were real squeakers, right? Like, we had trouble but we like got there and we never really had like any like full wipe territory but we just sort of did like the slow deliberate very clean you know somebody would maybe die here and there and have to like res and run back but we got there kind of thing and then we we got our very first 15 which was um in theater of pain uh as you know as expected right which was also very tight um just because we had had some sm- like slowdowns and sort of like waiting uh, for 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 stuff to happen. And then just last night, with my mythics team, uh we ended up timing a necrotic wake uh, at fifteen as well. so i so I did end up getting a bunch of like upgraded dungeons. That fifteen was honestly pretty funny because we fucked up the key. Um we had a necrotic wake fourteen, and we fucked up that key really badly. Uh we wiped a bunch of times on the third boss. Um, but one of the things that the necrotic wake, offers you as like as players is the ability to pick up these like kyrian weapons um and where you use those kyrian weapons can completely change right like just everything for you right um so when we ended up getting another necrotic wake 15 key we we went and we ran it and we just said you know what we're using all of our weapons on that third boss. We're just gonna blitz the shit out of the third boss. Not get caught up in these mechanics problems anymore, and like move on. And that was exactly what solved our problem for us. Is we used the spears and just com- like nuked down the third boss rather than you know worrying about uh, like hitting those hitting those mechanics right. Um, so you know, good stuff. Something that I thought was interesting, sort of related to this, by the way, is that do you know who Daniel Z
0: Klein is? Sounds familiar. Is he like a riot person or something?
1: Uh, he, he was a Riot person for a long time. He's the designer of Lucian, um Azir, um a couple of other, you know, like champions. uh And then he left Riot, got let go from Riot. I think he got fired actually. Because he got like, like caught
0: up in like some, some controversy about like abuse or something like that. Or I, I think no,
1: I think he called players dumb. I think he like okay. yelled at players, and they got mad at him about that, and he got fired. Um, I, I don't know the drama, obviously, but just, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um. Anyway, he now is a lead game designer on Apex Legends, but he posted a thing called Game Design Chat, where he just sort of, like, on Twitter, will will sort of entreat other game designers to talk about things. Something that he he talked about as a topic was combat design in MMO, right? Where he feels like the rotation, right? Like, the basic rotation gameplay of an MMO hasn't really been innovated uh, since it's you know like really core inception right like rotations are basically about the same sort of thing you've talked in the past about how final fantasy 14's rotation like basic rotation is what keeps you away from that game and wow's rotation keeps you in it what like what what is the specific differences there like what is the design there in the mechanics that attract you to one and sort of keep you away from the other
0: so i don't know if i'm if i'm going to be great at putting this out but part, part of it is definitely that the the gcd is is slower in uh in in final fantasy 14 okay uh another part of it is uh, and people people on on twitter have told me that when you hit a game that the final fantasy 14 rotation is actually a lot better a lot more skillful and it makes a difference i don't know how much i believe them but like things just like never aligned like never felt good to me in, in 14 right it, it felt very kind of like static like not a lot of decision points. Um it's kind of like it felt like a true rotation that like you're just doing the thing over and over again. Um and maybe and 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 like there didn't seem to be a lot of like room for changes to that, if that makes sense. Um this kind of felt like you know, like there like and maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, maybe I just haven't played enough, but like it never felt it just never felt as good, right? Like it never felt like I was I was kind of like hitting that stride, hitting that rhythm interesting that's part of it too so okay
1: so i so i have an interesting question for you because this is my theory i and i i i wrote this all out on twitter for anybody who wants to see like the full the full thought my theory for this is that rotations are built to be internalized and therefore they kind of have to remain simple because at the end of the day you shouldn't be thinking about them right so like I try to describe my headspace in a, like, when, I'm pl- when I'm pushing up like a plus 15. The things I'm focused on is like who I'm targeting, what casts are going off, what casts are about to go off, where am I standing, where am I in relation to the other members of the party, where am I in relation to the other members of like the, the enemies, right? None of those are rotational concerns, right? But I do have some rotational concerns. I have concerns like where are my cooldowns? Um, should I use my cooldowns or save them? And should I try and line up my cooldowns so that they overlap in like a like a like a big burst window, right? Like does it make sense for me to wait the 30 seconds for Conqueror's Banner to come up, amp my strength by a whole bunch, and then blade storm, or should I blade storm now? and not and and not worry about trying to like line that up. Um, and then there are some also rotational concerns that are also sort of mechanical concerns, right? Like, can I interrupt key spells? Like, is my interrupt on cooldown? Um, can I CC key mobs, like with Storm Bolt, for instance? Can I use defensive cooldowns proactively? Like, if I know that a big hit is about to come out, rather than avoid it, maybe I'll pop Die by the Sword so I can stay in melee and continue attacking, for instance. Um, Should I use defensive cooldowns reactively, right? Like, am I am I saving my defensive cooldowns for if something big and terrible happens to target me, and I want to give my healer, you know, however much breathing room they need to try and like heal me out of it? And can I use mobility, like, proactively, reactively, right? Like, am I using my charge and all like all that stuff? Nowhere in my headspace do I really have room for perform my rotation, right? In other words, I'm so practiced. That the basic rotation is kind of like muscle memory, right. and things are happening, and I am never really like cognitive, cognitively engaging with them, right? So, for instance, in the arms rotation, every time I spend rage, I have the I have the chance to proc a charge of overpower. I might just use overpower, and I see the little thing on the screen, but like never do I actually go, "Oh, hey, would you look at that? Overpower proc. I'm going to use overpower, right? I just subconsciously see the thing use overpower while I'm focused on all these other concerns, right? While I'm thinking about interrupts and thinking about positioning and thinking about kind of like whatever else. And in order to cap, in order to like have that be a thing, right. I need to, my rotation has to be pretty simple because like, how can you get so practiced and internalized as something like this without, you know, like without a simple rotation um and that's the thing that kind of like crushes the space right which is why we see you know there aren't really many mechanics in molten core right like when i'm raiding in molten core there's really it's like don't stand in fire that's basically it there's just like not a lot of mechanics but like the mechanics in net like nowadays right like there are dozens of mechanics that i need to be paying attention to in the sire didathrius fight in order to you know be performing at my level right like really the thing that has scaled over time isn't the rotation it is the combat encounters that i use my rotation in whereas the rotation in classic is really not all that different from the rotation in bfa or in shadowlands right like we still have a one and a half second gcd certain stuff is on it certain stuff isn't on it we have cooldown windows etc um but wh- how do you how do you feel about that kind of stuff is that is that true for your experience is this just like a Am I am I just like living in a different world?
0: No, I think I think you're mostly correct. um Like thinking on my like on kind of the monk rotation, right? Like, um I definitely agree with you that a lot of it, like like kind of like the the pieces of my improvement are like you know, getting myself to a point where I can like actively engage for a little bit and like pull in some things like minor optimizations, right? Like, because um, you know, at base the monk rotation is hit tiger palm, use blackout kick. Right and like you know that's like kind of like the core rotation you have to change you can't use two things in a row or else you drop mastery, right? Mm-hmm. So um and it's like about pull in, and then you pull in your know, like rising sun kick all, all all that good stuff right like um uh so I think you're mostly right um and I think you're most I, I think that like um I, I think the only piece you're missing from my like classic is like challenge of molten core is not the mechanics it's like getting sixty people to show up at like a yeah time, no right?
1: absolutely. Yeah, that is that is one hundred percent it is the hurting cats of getting everybody there. And and, I mean people clear molten core without even being level (laughs) sixty.
0: And like in I remember back in classic when I was playing, I played priest and priest was like like there wasn't really a rotation, it was like, or at least to me it was like cast smite until someone needs to be healed and then heal them. Right? Like um and that was it, right? Like maybe cast power road shield on them. Um so I yeah, have...
1: maybe the touchstone is Burning Crusade or Wrath of Lich King, right? Like, I feel like Wrath of Lich King, I absolutely had a rotation. I had cooldowns, I had all that yeah. stuff. I mean, it also um, might have been different for like
0: it. for healers, right? Like, like heal, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if healers were interesting until at least like one of those expansions. It was, it was very much kind of like my. I was having a good run if I was out DPSing the tank while keeping everybody healed, right? Like, um, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: which maybe is like what discipline turned into. But I, like I said, I've played for a long time. But, and yeah, um, I
1: also think that rating is a little bit different. In rating, I think about my rotation a little more proactively just because there tends to be downtime in rating. Like, so for instance, on the artificer fight or on Sludge Fist, right? When I'm not chained or I don't have those spirits on me. I don't really have mechanics to worry about. So I'm really dialed into my rotation, and I'm, like, eking out every individual piece of, like, DPS I can find kind of thing. Um, Like, I'm pretty sure I gained maybe 500 DPS on Sludge Fist just from not being chained and not having to worry about being chained.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, there there was... We were chained (laughs) together once, and I, like, was very tempted to be, like, leap, buddy, and I was going to try and, like... Flying to kick at the same time, but I figured that was like a <laughs> recipe for us like to both die and like you know it'd be, it'd be a disaster. I will
1: say, you know, I have I have started using mobility. My big thing now is if my partner is in front of me, I will charge because like the ca- the chain radius is a ele- you know, and I can still stay inside it yeah. if I kind of like charge past them. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I absolutely get that. We got very close to getting Sludge Fist down. I'm a little I'm a little sad yeah. that we didn't we didn't get there, but Super I don't know. It, it, I was I was. I was really dialed into that rate. That was a
0: lot of oh, fun. Oh yeah, no, I was, I was like, for those there. last couple of attempts, I was like running around handing out like, uh, fucking, uh, the the augment runes to people that I saw that like, didn't have one up. I'm like, just take it. <laughs> gonna... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't actually use augment runes on raiding, um, because
1: like high end content for me is 15s. It's not, it's right, not right. raids um so i saved my i saved my augment runes for those but i was popping augment runes on sludgefish just because we were so you know yeah, were
0: so close oh we were so close <laughs> i mean you went and you bought the Vantus runes for everybody right like that. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I, I once i saw how close we were i was like boy like we could really eke out a couple extra percent just by vent putting Vantus runes out for like everybody um <clears throat> but yeah but yeah man yeah this this, this tier has been really uh uh has been really interesting um mostly because i feel like there aren't any bosses that are like bad bosses like normally there are some bosses in the raid that i'm just like ugh, i fucking hate this fight uh like in Nyalotha, it was vexiona for anybody who knows these fights it was vexiona um which was a huge pain because that was a very like tank focused fight in um <clears throat> in uldir it was um vectus we all hated doing vectus but there are there aren't any of those fights so far where it seems like everyone is just like oh god this guy again i hate this fight
0: the only personally for me that the fight i hate is um like the 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 mana eater or whatever it is the guy in the basement oh hungering devourer yeah interesting Uh, it's purely because when i always get fucking murdered by beams like (laughs) and it's like exactly what it is 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 like Whatever reason, um, like beams will like beams will spawn like immediately as we're coming back from like doing the the you know the uh, the mechanic where we have to drop the balls far out. And I will have used up all of my all of my movement getting back and forth from that. And so like I'll go to like roll and there won't be a roll charge there and I'll just like get like fucking marked by like marked by the beam by being in the wrong place because I'm like, Oh, I will roll past the other person and it will be fine. And oh gonna...
1: see that's interesting. I I love this. Um i see I, I basically don't worry about the balls because of spell reflect, right it, because right. so I take the expunge damage and then the the ball forms and I put up spell reflect, and I walk into the ball, I don't take any damage yeah. from it, so I get to like clear my own balls, and i don't I never have to run away
0: yeah well it's it, so this is part of like you know well, I'm a monk, I've got a lot of mobility. I should place the ball further out that way somebody who has to drop it closer has, yeah mm-hmm. can do that right, and so like any
1: of the raids, eighty paladins who only have panic pony, they don't have any other movement yeah, yeah. right
0: right so like you know i was like okay i'll do that i'll i'll do my job but then like i get beamed, it's like oh i will roll and then like it's on me right because i could do it so that it's not a problem but it's like i will be able to roll and i won't be in the right position and then i'm not and then i end up getting yeah. killed and maybe killing somebody else in the process which you feel really shitty how so. much
1: mobility do you i wonder so something i was doing on gondor when when we did hungering Devour and i was on gondor is i placed my portal off in like the beam land right and um and i would just zo- i would just teleport maybe you could do something like that with transcendence you like you oh, place yeah. your transcendence to the left of the boss and then you put i will say the danger there by the way is that people won't respect it they won't know it's there cuz i definitely killed somebody when i was on gondor because there was someone else in range and they they moved the beam to what they thought was a safe line right and then i teleported behind them and now we had two beams overlapping <laughs> And uh that's murder. So
0: <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. The thing. So I don't think I've used transcendence transfer this expansion at all. Just because, like, really, wow, interesting. Like, I just you know, I don't like. I feel like there's not a ton of opportunities to use it. Like, part of it is like I have so much mobility already, right? And I'm I'm playing mm-hmm. um uh, uh fucking night fey, right? So like I can like yeah like my like I have I have the stack on top of my roll my my flying you know, serpent kit. Right, it's just like. Um, I guess I just never learned how to use it. It's also, like, I couldn't tell you where it's bound right now. It's probably not on something I can press, like, not like manually. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get that. It's one of those... Um... It's one of those things that's interesting. I I I feel like I overemphasize those kinds of mechanics sometimes on the on like the classes that I play. Like so, for instance, in the Zav fight in Theatre of Pain where he does the big cone attacks sometimes or whatever, I always put lock gateways up on that. Just because I like using the lock, you know, like I don't know if it's good or not. Like maybe somebody can use it to escape a thing. Um, but I really like that those moments of like specific utility. It's almost like the uh, like spell reflect, right? Where it's like getting to use a class ability to do something with specific utility, maybe. Yeah.
0: And, you know, that's like, that definitely sounds like, you know, an extra 2%, like, you know, of efficiency that I could squeeze out of it. But, you know, like until you said it, I just didn't even register. Cause like, it's just like such like, <laughs> a non-used skill for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I get that. Absolutely.
0: Well, we've, uh, we've pushed up towards the end of the uh, end of our timing. So I think we can wrap it up there. Let's see. anything else you want to talk about. I have nothing else I want to talk about. All right. Well, in that case, if you'd like to email us tell us what you thought about WandaVision or uh whatever else we talked about on this podcast, you can email us at subdurpames at gmail.com or podcasts at com. We rate review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you could find podcasts. Um uh watch us live on twitch.tv slash some Um that's everything I have, but do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh one thing I'm I am doing an episode of Buddy Gets Good this week. So come tune in,
1: eleven AM PST uh 2 p.m eastern on the twitch.tv slash akupar games channel
0: nice and that's on friday
1: that's on friday yep but how, i don't what, know what i'm playing i i think i'm playing something but i can't fucking remember what it was
0: so what's the under over on the number of times you you will have watched the snyder cut by the time you have to do but it gets good
1: probably twice i think i'll only watch it twice, twice. by that okay. point yeah
0: okay all right we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see <laughs> all right um and you know just for everybody to know next week we're doing the snyder cut so you know be ready for that
1: yeah so watch it watch it (laughs) do your homework do your homework all right well in that case uh, until next time dear listeners until next time loyal listeners